0: a beautiful example of uh, I would say which will illustrate that impact. impactja night shiftsuru and we of course because we deliver 24 7 to the global needs of of, of customers right. so we have customers who have to be delivered round the clock and why should women not get that opportunity mm-hmm. uh, so when we started the night shift there was a lot of hangama halagula saying hamari bahtion karna there's a lot of uh, doubt which was put in people's mm-hmm. minds by and, and then we said, actually, so there was an incident where somebody actually, one young boy came in and, and started in the one of the night shifts, they, he he sort of created a big hangama around it. And the next day morning, what we do is we address this, like in the village, we address it in the community. Mm-hmm. So we brought it up as a question and we did not answer ourselves. So that young boy still came up and said हमारी bahu, हमारी बेटियां हमारी बहनें यहाँ पर ऐसे काम karengi, ये कहाँ का सेफ तरीका हुआ and actually safety is one of our key values mm-hmm. the young woman who was actually sitting in the night shift came up and actually answered it saying तुम दारू ke रात को आ सकते हो वो है May yahan consciously decide kar rahi hu main nirnay apne ghar walon se baat karke karungi taki main ghar mein bhi madad kar sakun din mein aur raat de sakun main dono santulan banane May in a main ye nirnay leti hu tum and kaun the confidence of a young woman to be able to say that i think that's really the best illustration of the fantastic
1: Welcome to another episode of the brand called You, a podcast and podcast show that brings you leadership lessons, knowledge, experience, and wisdom from hundreds of successful individuals from around the world. If you're new to our show, consider subscribing to it and hit the bell icon so that you'll never miss an update. Our episodes go live every day, 1 p.m. and 7 p.m. through the week. I am your host Ashutosh Garg, and today I'm in conversation with an accomplished social entrepreneur, Dhiraj Dolwani. Dhiraj, welcome to the show.
0: Thank you Ashutosh, happy to be here.
1: Thank you. Dheeraj is the co-founder and CEO of B2R, which is business to rural, a, prof, a for-profit social enterprise. And we're going to talk to him about B2R and his journey as a social entrepreneur. So Dheeraj, let's talk about B2R. Uh, mm-hmm. What do you do? And I know you mentioned you're sitting in Rani Khet up in the mountains.
0: Yes. Hi, I'm sitting in my home, which is close to Raniket, just 11 kilometers away in a small village called Degoti, not very far from one of my centers, Uh, that's where I stay, this is where home is now and uh, B2R literally stands for business to rural and that is the vision and the intent behind the starting of the organization 11 years back. When we started, the vision was very simply, there aren't enough livelihood, or rather I should call non-farm livelihood, sustainable options. Mm -hmm. Farming is anyway very difficult, it's subsistence agriculture around us where we are sitting, because of the water issues that you see in the hills. So there aren't many non-farm livelihood options to create a sustainable livelihood option here in the hills, an alternate livelihood option. And that's what we've been doing for 11 years now. We took the BPO industry. As, uh, as the as the point where we'll say this, this is where the livelihood fulcrum will start, and the essence of what we tried and what we are doing, the journey for us has been uh, that job creation or livelihood creation becomes the fulcrum of becoming a change agent for the community around you. Okay. So that's that's really what we have been doing for eleven years. That you have a job uh, as a BPO uh, team member, you would be doing work. Uh, and yet you would not have the privilege of having an education like many in the city mm-hmm. you would have a, an education from an average primary school in the village it could be uh, an, you know uh, the, the the school next door to me there is an inter college in Machkali. there is a in fact in digoti itself there is a, a a small school the primary school led up to class 5 and these are typically where the kids would study and yet not have a credible option to go and work afterwards. And therefore either look for migration options and therefore go to either a place like Delhi, Deradun, Haldwani, Rudrapur, wherever you have you, where there are clusters of these, uh, what, you, what you see as urban clusters, where there is a lot of uh, heavy traffic of migrant l- labor coming in, doing jobs which are fairly menial and not being very well-paid, not living in a very high quality of life. That becomes the only option that many are left with. So we said that can only be changed while, while BPO industry is thriving in the city. And you can also create a jo- the same job in the city, but you do that at the cost of disturbing the rural fabric, the social fabric and the family fabric. Mm. So how can you do that while retaining uh, the rural fabric, the social fabric and the family fabric is what the attempt was. So creating a BPO job here. And delivering to the best in class, delivering best in class services to global corporations all across the world, whether in Boston or Bombay, whether in Chennai or California, or whether in New York or uh, Nagpur, for that matter, you could be delivering and we have customers in all the locations that I just mentioned, so that you could be delivering to customers all over with a young person who has what we call a hunger to change his or her life.
1: That's really the fulcrum of our our model. Fascinating, fascinating. So, you know, when I was reading about you, uh, there was a term that I, a phrase that I read, which is impact sourcing rural BPO model.
0: Yeah. yeah, um,
1: yeah. You know, impact is, is a big word these days. Hmm. So, I'd like to understand from you what exactly you mean by impact sourcing rural BPO model.
0: Sure. It's a good question. It, this was coined by NASCOM, uh, I think about seven or eight years back, in response to. Uh, what we had been constantly talking to NASCOM about, they'd seen that these were at that time, 11 years back when we started, we were not the first ones, but there were several others who started around the same time. Rural BPO was simply taking BPO to the next frontier as uh, the, the I would say the grand mentor of the BPO industry, Raman often says, Raman Roy, He I, he's often been quoted as saying that we just moved the job from, let's say, New York to New Delhi. Mm. And uh, we trained the people to be able to absorb the skills. What we said is uh, from Gurgaon, we're going to move it to Kumau. and we can move the same way. We just have to move up in the skill ladder. The young person has to move up in the skill ladder and the mm-hmm. same job can be moved. Mm-hmm. So impact sourcing was essentially looking at the, uh, the traditionally the BPO model, which has played a huge role in the last 25 years in shaping India's place in the IT and BPO space has, has changed the way that the world perceives India. And we said, now we just have a possibility of extending it further to to what, what I call achieving a social objective of taking it to the hinterland, the boondocks. Many people have many, many names for this, but essentially what I call it, 68% of India lives in the boondocks. Mm. If you can take it there, then it is far more sustainable. We've seen that in the BPO context. So impact sourcing really means marrying social impact with outsourcing. That was how these two words were joined Mm -hmm. and said impact source and NASCOM coined this word at that time to say, okay, let's give it a nice uh, sort of a reference point for people to refer to, as well as create those case studies around this, so that the success stories that we have of customers working in this model can be shared with others to emulate
1: that. So that's where the word came from. So, you know, you decided to come and set up in Uttarakhand. Um, me why you chose Uttarakhand and what were some of your challenges as you started building out uh, this model?
0: So why Uttarakhand? There two answers and I'll start with the, the personal one which is closest to my heart. I love the mountains. I love the hills. I have been a traveler to the hills for about 35 years now. I've been trekking, I've been traveling, I've been motorbiking here hmm. and I, I have been an avid, uh, uh, I would say, walker in the hills if nothing else. I, I just love Uh, staying here. And across the the 30 odd, 35 odd years that I have traveled, I've seen and stayed in many of villages, which are very similar to where I'm sitting right now and often traveled in, I like to rough it out. I like to see life as the, as I call it, the 68% want to see life because they're forced to see it that way. Mm -hmm. I chose to see it that way so that I could understand how really the country is being seen with the eyes of someone who's staying here out of compulsions, not out of choice as me. Travelling in buses, staying in tea shops, staying in in places like that gave me an insight into a lot of the young people. I I met a lot of young people who were extremely frustrated. They were literate, they were educated. Uttarakhand is very well known for this sort of its cultural push towards education. Mm. If you ask a young boy in the so his first choice will be army, the second choice will be police, the third choice will be government job. There isn't a fourth choice. He doesn't want a fourth choice. And for a young girl unfortunately the question is never asked, that's the handicap that she faces. Mm. So we saw both of these together, the frustration, the possibilities. The other thing that we put in that same context was my own business background in IT and BPO and uh, in fact the other co-founders also, They uh, his, his background also in IT and BPO and we saw that a lot of the people we had in our team were actually coming in from, I did that retrospective analysis after I started. And I Mm. saw in my earlier team, which I had left Mm. in in Noida, I had uh, out of the team of 300 odd people, about 160 people were from Uttarakhand. Mm -hmm. So there is a culture, you can see also it from the literary statistics, the literacy in the state is now in in the top three Mm. in the country. So it's a high literacy state, it does not have credible alternate options for livelihood. And it also has a fairly good arterial network of infrastructure in terms of roads as well as uh, internet mm-hmm. across these roads so with that that became my professional answer to mm-hmm. why uttarakhand i have what i call a peace loving hard working population who would be preferably uh, you know they would prefer to stay next to their homes and work next to their homes mm-hmm. if they could Correct. and i have my own love and passion for the hills these came together for why uttarakhand mm-hmm. in terms of challenges i i mean I could, and I, I've often been told you should you should think of writing a book about it. There were all kinds of challenges right. that, that any startup faces, and even after eleven years, we just called ourselves we call often call ourselves an overgrown startup in that because mm-hmm. you'll still keep hitting the new challenges. Sure, we had a lot of. Uh, I would say the the biggest challenge for me was on the demand side, as with many startups. In fact, I would even go to the point of uh, the Uh, the demand side of reaching out to the right customer set to be able to say that here is a a credible option for them. So uh, reaching out to customers, building the demand side, building the sales pipeline Mm -hmm. was and is, I would say the biggest challenge. The the, the challenge that many people thought would be there. For example, we deliver, believe it or not, the companies in New York and Boston, I was talking about, we deliver work of world-class quality Mm-hmm. So these, uh, so a lot of the companies in the U.S. do, as you know, like in ROC, there is work uh, in in the U.S. The financial statements are filed in the Securities and Exchange Commission, the SEC Correct. filing. Mm-hmm. There is a team of hundred and twenty people in our uh, in our, our company who are delivering SEC filing for companies in the U.S. Now you're talking about delivering this from, from by a young person who has not learned. Uh, formally anything except what uh, 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 a rural school has taught him or her. Hmm. So, no accounting, no commerce, no technical thing, no IT knowledge. नहीं. 90% of people when we started, we did that surveys, 90% of people had never touched a computer. So, in that survey, it was also happening in that survey that you've never touched it. So, sometimes it was a shock to me sometimes. 9 out of 10 people we hired 10 years back. Today, that number has reduced to 5 where they have touched, they've gone through some courses, because computer education has caught up in the country, in the schools Thanks. also. But to be able to look at that context of uh, the skill in such a person to be developed to that level was often thought by people to be a challenge. That's often a question which many of my customers ask, asking, how can you deliver this kind of stuff from there? We are doing things ranging from accounting, bookkeeping for the U.S to uh, publishing services, technical support services. These are very, very highly technical things. Now, how do you go and deliver this with this kind of skills? The answer to that challenge was actually built in the form of very solid instructional design and training. So invested very heavily into the instructional design and in training. So that was, I would say, the perceived challenge. We worked around it very nicely, the demand side, because of our, I would say the this is now in this leg of the journey, I've tried to focus on it, but the the demand side challenge of reaching the right set of customers who are willing to partner with organizations to create that social impact along with business delivery, rightly balanced together. That's been, I would say the biggest challenge.
1: There Fantastic. Also. So Dheeraj, tell me, you know, uh, you employ a lot of people in, in and around uh, Uttarakhand, uh, around your place of work. And you've spoken about impact. Mm-hmm. Uh, give me some examples of uh, the kind of impact you have had on the lives of people who are working with you. Mm.
0: So uh, that's again, I, I would say that's, that's the question which is closest to my heart Ashutosh because we started this to see that impact in the lives around us and I would say the, the, the most typical example of that impact is a young girl And I I deliberately choose the young girl option because we have 60% young women in our team. We have consciously chosen to, without any reservations or quotas, no reservations, no quotas. But we have engineered the the hiring process to always get more than 50% young women in the team. And uh, a young girl who had earlier been seen only as a, a person who's an additional unpaid hand in the in the house mm-hmm. to take care of the cow, to take care of the field, to take care of the, the kitchen duties. That was the only, today to see that young girl unfold into a young woman who is working to fulfill her aspirations from her life, to see her dreams, to actually be having the courage to dream. And to be able to fulfill those dreams, whether the dream might be to build a house for her own family, to pay for the education of her siblings, or to buy herself what she wishes to buy, so that she could actually live the dream that she wants to. So to see young women take on leadership roles in the community, and I'm, I, I can talk statistics and numbers of the impact, because more than two to two and a half million dollars have gone into local communities in terms of sheer numbers. Mm -hmm. Thousands of young people have been affected and for each young person who is earning let's say a 10,000 rupees salary in a village like this is going and spending it in that area. So there is a trickle down economic impact. I have before and after pictures of my center locations mm-hmm. and today there is the equivalent of a strip mall of shops which are catering to hundred people who are earning 10,000 rupees right there. Mm-hmm. So the trickle down economic impact, the confidence increase, the leadership roles of women in the community or the, the fact that I, I would say the community itself has realized and changed. That is one of the biggest changes we've seen. The mm-hmm. community realizing, and that was initially a challenge because it was new to the community. The community was seeing it as mm-hmm. a company, or what is it? There's always a mistrust that somebody from the city is seen with. That was also a challenge earlier. The community's acceptance has been the biggest impact of it today. Women sitting here and doing, I, I have a beautiful example of. I would say, which will illustrate that impact. When mm-hmm. our night shift and we, of course, because we deliver 24-7 to the global needs of, of, of customers, right. so we have customers who have to be delivered around the clock. And why should women not get that opportunity? Mm-hmm. Uh, so when we started the night shift, there was a lot of hangama, gula, saying, Hamari Bahu how to do this, There's a lot of uh, doubt which was put in people's mm-hmm. minds by... And, and then we said, actually, so there was an incident where somebody actually, one young boy came in and, and started in the one of the night shifts, they, he he sort of created a big hangama around it and the next day morning, what we do is we address this, like in the village, we address it in the community. Mm-hmm. So we brought it up as a question. And we did answer ourselves. So that young boy still came up and said hamari bahu hamari betiyan hamari behne yahan par aise kaam karengi ye kahan ka safe tarika hua and actually safety is one of our key values mm-hmm. the young woman who was actually sitting in the night shift came up and actually answered it saying tum daru pe raat ko aa ho wo safe hai May happer consciously decide the man in a lerium, upneg her valo karke ki may ha kam karungi, takime garmevi madat karsaku dinme, or Ratme kam kerke, unhivikamake, desaku, me dono ka santulan bananaki, may in a letu, tum hotek on a mucha pushnavale, kima ratme kam karu yanaka. The confidence of a young woman to be able to say that, I think that's really the best illustration of the fantastic,
1: fantastic. I mean, that's an amazing amount of empowerment that you have given to so many young girls. That's amazing. So, just moving on. You know, uh, you. When I was reading about you, you've also expanded to Mexico. Mm -hmm. Now, I I was wondering. (laughs) I mean, you know, for someone who's from the one side, moved from urban India into, if I can use the term, rural India, and then you chose to go to another country. Help me understand the logic and why Mm -hmm. not another another uh, place in India.
0: No, no. we tried several places in India and we still have ambitions to go to other parts in India and we partner with a lot of other partners in India who work in rural areas like us. So we don't have anything against India expansions. Mexico came actually out of a uh, literally like a bolt out of the blue for us as we were entering what I call the third phase of B2R 1.0, 2.0 and 3.0. B2R its journey itself is in three phases. You know, there, there, there's a lot of challenges we got. We got the biggest funding crisis, the near-death experience, all of that. Our turnaround story, story after that crisis came in with literally a call. Uh, <clears throat> one of uh, my colleagues who represents us in the US, in California, got a call from the governor of a southern state of Mexico through someone. He connected him to the governor saying, we've been watching you for two years. And that sounded scary to us first. And they said, you, you guys are doing a great job in Uttarakhand. Can you come and replicate this for us in Mexico? We want to create jobs locally. Can you come here and do this for us? And I I, I didn't know much about Mexico. I still know to only to a limited extent after having visited and stayed there for a little while, Mm. but me, along with my colleague, uh, Neeraj, who uh, has been with us in the operations context, right from the beginning, Mm. Neeraj and I flew over to Mexico, said, let's check out. I mean, we've only heard of Mexico in the context of drugs and violence how can we think of doing something here? Mm. So we went into Yucatan, which is the southern part of Mexico, not closer to the border, Mm -hmm. a very peaceful land, met the governor, actually did a dipstick survey around the city of Merida, where he invited us. Mm. And they said, look, we would love to get, get something like this created here. Can you help us do this? And for us, after we did the dipstick, it was astonishing, Ashutosh, to see that everything that I saw in Uttarakhand or any part of rural India, for that matter, it was the same over there. The same skill divide, the same digital divide, the same gender divide, everything was the same except for the language. So we said, yes, we can. And yet there are two challenges. We don't have funds to do this. We were just coming out of a near-death experience and a funding crisis about uh, eight years back. And A, we don't have funds and B, we don't have enough work. So I don't have a sales engine to give me work in Mexico. Mm. If you want people to be hired here and trained here and deliver from here, you need work for that. So we need work and we need money. Mm. And the governor said, the government itself will become your customer. And we have enough and more work that we want to deliver to citizens, as well as corporations, the G2C and the G2, uh, G2B and G2C mm. kind of uh, uh, efforts. And we will find you a local partner. We'll introduce you to local partners who can bring in the money and they can collaborate with you for it. And that's exactly what happened. So young girls and boys, four two girls and two boys, and hmm. you can see that 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 you can see Two girls and two boys and a manager, they flew to Mexico, they stayed there, they set up a center there which was funded locally. We collaborated and trained and hired, hired and trained 20 young people in Yucatan, in Merida, and started delivering to the needs of the government there itself. That was really how it imagine somebody just had a Angrezi nahi se boli, because the young boys and girls are coming in from Mutra Kant, Angrezi hai. But you are fluently learning English. You are studying in a local uh, government school here. Hmm. So you know English, you can read it, you can comprehend it very well, but you may not be able to speak it fluently. And yet you were conversing and training 20 people in Spanish. And that was the journey for those. I mean, the journey for them, I, I, I can't begin to tell you what an amazing journey it was for those four and that manager.
1: Incredible and aspirational for so many people in your center in Ranikhet, isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Fantastic. So Dheeraj I'm going to now move to the last segment of our conversation which is some questions for you personally. Sure. For someone who's you know been the corporate world become an entrepreneur or a social entrepreneur what are some of the core values you have always believed in?
0: So uh, we actually deliberated a lot of this in setting it up my it was not just my personal values we said what are the shared values that we want to establish when we set up something like this mm. and in those, in those contexts, we started talking about what are the values of the organization that we want to set up, which my personal values, my co-founders and the team. And we said, unless values are believed in that fashion. So we started talking about some of those in the context of setting up B2R. It was also discovering what is really important and valuable to me in that mm-hmm. context. So there were three sets of values. We said the individual values, the client related values, and uh, the team related value. So mm-hmm. in, at the individual level, integrity, and I, I read that as honesty and integrity is the highest value that I treat, whether it is in relationships, whether it is in communication to my, whether it's to my client or to my team or to my my family, mm-hmm. integrity stands highest as my value. Safety and openness were the other two individual values. When we said safety, we were trying to create a safe workplace and therefore we said at an individual level, a young woman has to feel comfortable and today the testament to that is the 60%. I mean, the the 180 odd young women in our team out of the 300 odd people, they are testament to how safe this environment feels to young women. And openness, which means I as a CEO or as a senior person in the team should be able to take a question anybody should be feeling the the culture has to be such that you're open to ask any question to anyone Mm -hmm. in the team. So openness in that. From a client value perspective, we said meeting commitments is very important, giving them high quality is very important and continuous improvement is very important. Mm -hmm. Those were the three values. And at an organizational level, we said the three values are going to be teamwork. And the other, other value, which I rate very high is inclusion and equality. So Inclusion became the, 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 I would say, the pivot around which if you want to groom people to manage this. Today, the, the, what I feel proud about is not about what in 11 years we've achieved. It's about the fact that there are young leaders who have come in and joined us. And in 11 years, they have traversed the journey to manage this themselves today. It has only happened because of our focus in including people, talking about how decisions are taken, training young leaders, Developing their leadership journey, and that has happened as a function of taking decisions inclusively. It's not my style to take a dictatorial way of looking at things. Of course, sometimes you take a, a, a call on certain things. You can give an opinion, but those would be, I would say, the key values that have driven me as an individual and have shaped, uh, helped shape what we try to make over here. Incredible.
1: And my last question to you, uh, you know. Uh, for someone who's achieving so much doing all kinds of great stuff providing so much inclusion to so many young people from where you stand today what does success mean to dheeraj so
0: that's, that's a good one and it's a lot it's a lot to do with actually one of the biggest learnings has been for me on the journey related to that mm. in, and that's what and one of the uh, one of the biggest mistakes i made in the early part of my years and that would be my my, my my share to anyone who cares to undertake such a journey is we, we often in, in and not just in India, this is, I mean, it, it's equally frequently there. Work is the identity for us as human beings in most places. That's what defines us. When you talk about the brand called you, it's mostly talking about work, 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 work. And that's what defines us as a, as a human being. Hmm. I found that to be my biggest area of weakness, mistakes, failure and the opportunity because I nearly killed myself. I I went through such a bad health phase, picking up the pieces to understand that if you create a work-life balance Mm. today, I have overcome successfully. I I was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis eight years back and I was Mm. in an from that in three to four months to run my marathons, every year we run a half marathon in the hills, 21 kilometers in the hills mm-hmm. and then in eight years to define my success as living one step at a time as you run a marathon to work in that work-life balanced mode and living one step at a time evolving into a better human being every day. I would say that is what defines me. Amazing. As my
1: success. Absolutely amazing. Teeraj, thank you so much. You know, I, This conversation has been so, so, so amazing. I mean, you know, you are providing life changing opportunities for people, not just in India, but in, in Mexico as well. Um, you know, thank you again. And I'm really hoping that you put your experiences down in a book. Thank you. Thank you so much, Ashutosh.
0: It's been wonderful sharing our experiences. And yes, definitely there is an attempt to try and think more about a book. And, and uh, thank you very much. And your good wishes are very appreciated for that.
1: Thank, thank you so much.